we're back from the holiday hiatus and your microphone was digitizing again. You ain't fix your shit. How you know it's mine? How you know it's mine? Because these earbuds is fresh, bro. These Christmas earbuds I got, they're good. That's that's enough for me. I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Get your, get your microphone fixed. You know what? Damn it. <laughs> it's, we waited two weeks to say this. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back. You know what, man? We took two weeks off for the holiday break because who works when they don't have to? But we back at work now. Jason Spells in New York City, Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. We've had two weeks off. Tell them with excitement what they're listening to. Y'all listening to what you heard. A little bit more. A little bit more. We're going to pick this up. Come on. A little little bit more. Yell it? Yeah. Y'all listening to what you heard. (laughs) <laughs> hey, like I said, we took the weekend off or two weeks off for Christmas and for New Year's. We're back at it, right? And so we're starting off 2022 with a quick look back. We're gonna we're gonna have rapid fire. We outlined a couple of storylines that were big for us in 2021, and some of the storylines were big for you all too. We looked at the metrics of the shows you all like the most. And we bring those up. So we probably won't have as many rants as we normally do, but it still should be a fun show. Starting with the first round, Brandon gave us this Coach K retire. Yeah, man. I, I was really surprised. Maybe I missed out on it, but I was really surprised that there was really didn't feel like there was as much celebration conversation around this being Coach K's final season. But then not only that, John Shire taking over as the successor, which I was surprised there was a little bit more conversation around that even more than Coach K. Uh, John Shire's from Illinois, Northbrook, Illinois, which is a suburb outside of Chicago. I uh, actually saw him play in the state finals when he was in high school. He is, you know, by far one of the most, like, just fluent, like, organic basketball players. Like, you can tell this dude from the moment he's been walking has had a ball in his hand. But you think about all the people that have came through Duke. None you know, of them are all good the, coaches. That's what it boiled down to. Yeah, That's why they chose John that, but, but we don't know a whole lot about John either as far as the coach and I know obviously coach K's worked with him the last couple of years and he's so highly on him I don't know I was just surprised I thought maybe somebody a little bit more historic from the program would come out Jeff of the situation Capel, no. Johnny Dawkins no. <laughs> um, Steve Wojciechowski Wojo. no Chris Collins wow Stop. you got Northwestern Northwestern to the to the NCAA tournament that's the greatest that they've got from a former Duke coach Quinn Snyder who wasn't he was okay at Mizzou he's good in Utah but he's not going back to college for the record John Shire Favorite Duke player. Here's why. I actually began. That's my your career, favorite Duke player ever. I began my career as a sports broadcaster in Raleigh, okay. so I covered Duke. And every time I would go into that locker room, this was a Duke with like Greg Paulus, uh, Josh McRoberts at one point, Gerald Henderson, Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler was Charles also Indiana, kind of in the mix. Josh McRoberts. Um, John Shire was always like the realest player, and he would get buckets and he would give me great sound bites. So from then on, John Shire was my favorite Duke player. They went when they beat Butler in the 2009 championship. That was my first year in Indianapolis. I caught up with John at at Lucas Oil again, and we reconnected. He let me do another interview with him when I wasn't even working at Raleigh. And good Duke. So all in all, I hope it works out. Actually, I don't hope it works out. I hope this is when NC State finally gets their shit together. And we return (laughs) to rightful prominence, which is a Sweet 16 berth when you're at NC State Wolfpack. I'd be now to my topic. Mental health and athletes. That was a big topic of conversation in 2021. Simone Biles and Amy Osaka were the faces of it. I didn't agree with some of the things. Like, I thought Osaka should have spoke to the press. So I've been out, been out front about that. I thought Simone Biles should have been more upfront about her, her mental 
um, struggles and stresses affected her physically. But I mean, we're never going to put that genie back in the bottle of athletes and mental health. Mm -hmm. Even when you have someone like Ben Simmons, who I actually think he may be using the spirit of the language and the spirit of this new awareness to help benefit him right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I, I, I know we talked about um, you know, the first two people you mentioned a lot more at length in previous episodes. And I actually went back and listened to some of those later on. And it's, it, you know, some of my statements contradict each other. And I think that's the tough part with mental health is it's tough to have a one set of rule for everybody. It, you know, you kind of have to have this white glove treatment with each person. It's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, Ben is exactly, you know, you spoke to it, the spirit of it that's one of the outliers that may be problematic for athletes leaning into that is, you know, there's no way to really measure it the same way you can look at an x-ray and see a broken bone. So it'll be interesting how things move forward. And then, you know, the more, even more recent example is, you know, AB on the field this past Sunday, taking his pads off and just bouncing. And last little antidote I'll leave and move on is, you know, I posted something kind of jokey on IGS and I do that every now and then. And, you know, for the majority of it, I think people get, you know, the joke or you know why there's humor in it. And every now and then some people get in their feelings a little bit. I had an old colleague kind of check me on it. And I'm just like, at what point is Antonio Brown responsible for his actions? Like, I get it if something just started creeping up on us in the last couple of months, the past year. But we're talking about four or five years of continued behavior and he's taken no responsibility for it. Ben Simmons situation, we don't know all the ins and outs, but it doesn't, you know, from what we are being told, doesn't really seem like he's taking responsibility for it. It's more of a ploy for him to stay away from the team. So, yeah, 2022, it'll be interesting how this topic evolves. Man, we went five minutes into this show, and we're already getting into the tangent. That is Antonio Brown. <laughs> I mean, seriously, day two of the year, this is the biggest story. Look, he's had mental health issues um, going back to the Raiders. Uh, we didn't see as much of it early on during the Pittsburgh Steelers days. And I'm not a clinically trained psychologist or psychiatrist. So whatever I am saying has no health backing behind it. Um, but, you know, you take a look at the, his reactions. You take a look at his, his movements. It seems a bit irrational. It seems mm -hmm. as if, okay, what, when you're working with people, you have coworkers, you have two incentives to be the best at your job, which he could have done in winning a title or to make money. He left with the chance to make another $1 million. So the minute, the two incentives that he has to motivate him at his chosen profession, he then acts rationally towards both of those. You didn't question what is behind his rationale, what is behind his decision-making, his reasoning. And then you fast forward to what we've seen over the last 48 hours on social media. Uh, Pit to the Palace, right? He dropped an album while he was waiting on a pickup at MetLife Stadium. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he said, I, I, I left because I'm super gremlin. For those who don't know, that's a great Kodak Black, Lil Kodak. That's a great song from Kodak Black. Guilty pleasure of mine is Kodak Black. Don't like the guy really for anything. But his music somehow resonates with him. Anyway. That's fair. Um, he is dope. Uh, so, like, he, he mentioned Kodak Black when you just did what you did and everybody saw it. So to take a look at what's going on with AB, it seems to be a person continuing to unravel in front of us. And we've been able to overlook it for situations such as his athletic talents. Will that get him out of the NFL? I, I feel like 99.9% .9 of the teams will not sign him again. That being said, all it takes is one. Um, back to the right. tangent. I 
Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You got 20 oh, seconds. The last part I was going to say, I think Ryan Clark said it perfectly on numerous shows on ESPN on Monday. Like, yes, everybody thought he'd be done four or five times ago. But this is the, the one thing about AD is on Sunday, he always played his heart out. He's like the Allen Iverson of basketball. You know, on game day, he's going to give you everything he's got. This is the first time he gave up in the middle of the game. And that might be the difference. Cardinal Sin in any sport, quitting on your teammates. He committed it publicly. He committed it in the middle of the game. I mean, Vontae Davis quit in the middle of the game, but he did it at halftime. Retired. Yeah. (laughs) A.B. did it during the game, during an offensive possession. Cardinal said, don't quit on your team. Back to the show, though. How can we not have this as our lead topic? COVID. Two years in, we are no closer to getting over this. But it continues to wreak havoc in the sports world, right? Like, we saw the bubbles of 2020. We saw the lack of fans. 2021, there's no bubble. Fans are back in the stands. I went to two playoff games. Stadiums are full. You even take a look at now. Everyone's talking about Omicron. Look at every major bowl game. They're packed. Has sports finally put COVID to bed as far as the way they're going to let it control what they do? The NFL said they will not test those who are fully vaccinated and asymptomatic. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the tough part is the goal line keeps being moved on all this stuff all the time. And it's like, you know, with NFL, if you're not vaccinated, you're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. And I think, you know, wearing masks is a big part of it, even though that's what people are complaining about Aaron Rodgers. And not vaccinated yeah. like Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. And then in the NBA, Kyrie's going to be able to come back and there's, you know, no concern with him wearing masks. So I think that's one of the, the toughest things is, you know, do we need like some kind of like, national committee amongst major sports where there is some kind of alignment there because the inconsistencies I think is the most problematic thing for fans second part is what you alluded to is you know everybody's excited getting back to full capacity now we're starting to hear little rumblings about restrictions in, in certain places whether that's in Canada, Canada. Or in California that's Canada, whatever. really right like, like but New I mean I'm hearing like in California they're starting to entertain that again is that something that they're going to have to proposition you know, throughout the NBA season, are things going to have to change at the crypto.com arena or you know, whatever? That's crazy. I didn't I know you were even discussing that. The biggest thing, though, for me as a fan is the integrity of the game has been challenged for sure. And that's the part, like, we can, we've been political enough about Kyrie and Aaron Rodgers and AB. We've talked about stadiums. we talked about fans coming. We've done enough of that. But I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, I know a lot of people in the middle of December, January, aren't watching every single NBA game that closely. But if you have been for the past three weeks, it's been a shit storm. There's literally guys who haven't played in the NBA for two or three years that are getting signed for 10-day contracts just to fulfill teams. Like, that's not getting off the subject because we got to hit the other one. But I'm, I'm going to put a button on it with this. It's like the NBA needs, like, a minor league where, you know, they have players who are playing in the system and they could just call up. I don't know what they would call a league, but G-League? I felt like if they had that, they might be able to – at least Wouldn't that just be the G League? That's what I'm saying. NBA is failing to use the G League by going out and know, signing Joe Johnson, are. Isaiah but Thomas. They are pulling guys. Lance Stevenson had to go play in the G League to then play for the Pacers and the other team I forgot he played. Oh, the Hawks. Um, look, honestly, utilize your G League better. That's what they're there for. Don't go sign Joe Johnson, who's 40 years old. Don't do it. Some of those guys in the G League just. They, they can't play in an NBA game. Like, I get it. Not every, you know, the same way as, you know, some and one players, like, why isn't that guy an NBA star? Not every skill level translates to every different well, league. Well, if, he, to your if point, he can't play in yeah. the NBA, send him to Turkey, bro. Get, the, get some real talent in the Speaking <laughs> of the National Basketball Association, can we just say I was right? You were, you were right. About what this time? Oh. The Phoenix Suns. 
I'm still not there yet, but yeah, you're right. Um, this was a great year, the 2021 season. Um, although a bit smaller and a bit odd with the timing of the year, um, we did see new teams. Giannis Antetokounmpo led the Milwaukee Bucks to an NBA championship. Yo, if Giannis can do it and re-sign, damn it, the Hornets got a chance at one point in my lifetime. So win for all small markets. We, we see the Suns once again among the elite. The Chicago Bulls, no one is saying the Bulls are a lesser franchise, but look what they've been able to put together in the 2021-2022 season. And then you got John Morant, Luka, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchells. You got young talent that will carry this league forward. The new era of the NBA is here, and I love it. I do too. The interjection of this youth has completely changed the game. Obviously, Steph Curry, James Harden flow of just everybody being able to shoot from wherever they want. There's no such thing as a bad shot. It's made the game a lot of fun. It's kind of crazy. And this might actually be the best segue for the next topic. But like hearing that the Lakers are about to make LeBron their five because we're basically living in a positionless NBA. It's just all about talent. It's all about guys that can stretch the floor, score play a little bit of defense but I'm here for it like watching the NBA now and then watching like old tape of like the Bulls or like the Magic in the late 90s and just seeing like how stale the offenses were especially when you have offenses centered around post players disrespect terrible this is true entertainment baby complete disrespect how dare you disrespect Patrick Ewing how dare you disrespect (laughs) Wazza Morning Hakeem Olajuwon rolling over in his grave right now. How dare you? Nah, bro. He Imagine Olajuwon right now. He might he, – he'd probably still be dirty. Him and Joker, that would be some good matchups. Once again, bro, I love 90s basketball because that's why I learned to play. Watching that. Watching guys who can break the dribble. Watching offenses. Um, I love Steph Curry. Look, Steph is great. You know how I feel about James Harden. He's okay, but, like, he ruined the game. Um, but – I still think that era of basketball was better than today. LeBron James, he's the outlier, right? This is our next segment. Ding, LeBron. Why? Because he's LeBron. 20 mm-hmm. years in the league, damn near. He's top five in every statistical category almost. Um, and, yeah, he, he's getting nicked up, right? Like, he, he gets an ankle injury. He's out for two weeks now instead of what felt like a quarter back when he was 20. Um, but he's right. still a great player, right? And so he's showing his ability. Um, sometimes I wish he wouldn't talk as much about some of the things he wants to talk about off the court, but I love his, his skill set on the court. Um, but he will never win another title. I said it, meant to stand by. I'm with that. Especially when you hear Russell Westbrook get up in front of the press and be like, yeah, I turned the ball over nine times, deal with it, whatever. That's what I do. Yeah. You don't win games, turn the ball over nine times. I don't care how many rebounds, how many assists, how many you want, poli- you, you want positionless up. basketball, right? You got point guards who don't care about point guard stats. Boom. Chill. Chris Paul, let's relax. Chris Paul, let's, let's Chris, not, Chris Paul let's not, turn over the ball nine times? Chris Paul ain't going out like that. Stop. Well, let's not put Russ Westbrook's apathy towards taking care of the ball as a one-size-fits-all for what the league is right now. He's just a very unique individual. Not only a one-size-fits-all. Matter of fact, I'm making that the new slogan. Instead of where fun happens, instead of this game, new NBA slogan. Russell Westbrook about to turn over. That's the new NBA slogan. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Topic that was near and dear to my heart this year. I love to see young blacks getting money. And at this point, you know, I'm going to take that rap lyric and apply it to young people all over getting paid. College, the NCAA, finally realizing they have been exploiting talent for my entire lifetime. 
and instituting the name, image, and likeness, NIL deals, in which athletes in Division One can now make money off of their face, their name. Nick Saban, this is, and this is the headline, right? Like Nick Saban said that his quarterback, Bryce Young, now the Heisman Trophy winner, had NIL deals totaling more than a million dollars. And so everyone, you know, before this is going to bring down college sports. These kids are going to make money. It's going to be horrible for the game. I know you don't like college sports, but I do. And guess what? The games were great this year. You take a look at Alabama. His teammates aren't turning on him because he got a million dollars. Gatorade, mm-hmm. they signed their NIL deal with a young woman. I forget her name right off the top of my head. But they, they signed an NIL deal with her. We're seeing people in small markets, small towns, FCS schools getting NIL deals to the local pizza shop in Jackson, Mississippi, or, you know, Biloxi or, um, you know, Idaho, like Boise. So like, start with the bull. It's good to see people being able to make a dollar off of their name, image, and likeness. That's what I'm on for 2021. Yeah, I got nothing to add. People getting money, that's all I care about. And I mean, we've been talking about it for when did the Ed O'Banion lawsuit happen? That was like the early 2000s. I mean, yeah, but like he was suing comments. them off of like basically when he was playing the video game himself in 95 yeah. season when they won a title. Mm-hmm. He was selling cars yeah, in Vegas and he was like, wait, I can play myself, but I don't know. Yeah, need it was one of his friend's kids or whatever. I think it was like he was playing the game. He saw him playing it and the kid was like, how much you get from this? Like, not a damn thing. Not and that's a damn thing. It. And, and but I, ever and since they've been I doing that, that story, yeah, yeah. I mean, that. And it's funny, like in pro sports, everybody thinks it's like an automatic thing, but like Jordan never gave his likeness to a game. Bill Belichick won't give it to Madden. Like pros have the option too, but obviously they're getting paid behind it. Anyways, whole different thing. But yeah, anytime these guys, especially NCAA, whenever they're quote unquote right thing and taking care of these athletes, that's what needs to happen. They're the ones bringing the money in. They're the ones sacrificing. 98% of these people aren't going to see a dollar from professional sports. So let them get it how they're living. Or... They suffer injuries, catastrophic injuries on the right. collegiate level, which greatly right. hamper their ability to make money. You know, once again, another tangent, if you're a top, if you're a top round pick one or two in the NFL and you're not playing for a national championship, don't play in your bowl game. There's no point, period. Mm-hmm. And now we're skipping over. This is the point where we look at the rundown. I, Brandon, I don't give a damn this shit you want to talk about. No one wants to talk <laughs> about Shoei Atani. We're going to Urban Meyer. I, let, I was going to say one thing. I was going to say one thing. Just respect to the guy. We didn't sell 25 seconds. Tell me why I should care about Shohei Otani in baseball. This guy just had a historical season that we've never seen in this lifetime with baseball. He was the number one pitcher and the number one hitter. Again, we have not seen that since Babe Ruth. 10 seconds. That's it. That's all I need to say. Five seconds. Respect. Three. Throw your little Atlanta Braves glove in. Two. One. Hey, man, why should I care about a sport that's, what, uh, the third time they're locking out in my lifetime? Yeah, really like baseball gets upset when no one watches and then they quit. I have seen more baseball. I have seen more baseball lockouts than I have seen riveting all-star games in the sport. That's why I'm not talking about baseball. We got to do something worth talking about and consistently do it. Then I'll pay attention to baseball. Okay. Now to Urban Mike. Uh, boo. <laughs> you know, look, man, what was wrong with college? People like Urban Meyer were able to basically bully their way through. He was the almighty, right? He was the coach. He was able to pick and choose when, when things got hot, he could step back and say, I need more time with my family. I'm throwing up air quotes. And then he would go to Ohio state from Florida. Then he would go to Florida. Then he would leave another job. 
So now he goes to Jacksonville. Bruh, you know, we just would have celebrated his one-year anniversary. He didn't make it 365 days, B. The whole fiasco, whether it was your team consistently getting drugged, whether it was players saying you weren't ready, you didn't know how to coach, you don't know how to interact and deal with professionals, whether it was, you know, hitting on like a college girl when you're a married man in his 50s publicly. Whatever you do in your the wife team flight to even be there. Yeah, whatever you do, right? Like grown men, they do things differently. So I can't speak on that. But like, if you're going to do that and your wife is cool with you doing that stuff, hey, don't do it in a public setting. So boom, we got that. We got kicking his, his kicker, his punter. Um, we've got calling his coaches losers. He had to go. He was not qualified for the job. I mean, yes, he was, but he didn't have the temperament for the job. And we saw that. That's why he didn't last year. Mm-hmm. The fall of Urban Meyer really should be, really should be one of the like the main topics of twenty twenty one in the sports world because this is a big fall. I mean, he could do no wrong on the collegiate level, no wrong, and he didn't make it one year. Trevor Lawrence, the face of the franchise, number one overall pick, he ain't really ride too hard for Urban. So that further lets you know, yeah, he wasn't messing with him. So, yeah, I mean. His fall, his fiasco. Now, if only the Panthers could send Matt Rule with him. Oh, did you hear that story about Matt Rule the other day? Mm-mm. So he basically told the team in a meeting that he could have the LSU job or the USC job and they would pay him more, but he was deciding to stay in Charlotte. He told that to a room full of NFL players. This was according to the athletic. His ass got to go now. He got to go. That's all you wanted this year. I hope your dreams come true. One more week. Ooh, also in the athletic, apparently the owner, David Tepper, is having buyer's remorse because he signed the dumbest contract ever. He signed Matt Rule to like a seven-year, $62 million, $62 million, not per year, but 62M contract. Mm-hmm. Now three years into the deal, he wants out. And I'm like, why would you sign that guy? First of all, you shouldn't hire him in the first place. Second off, why would you sign him to a seven-year deal? It's just stupid. It was it was idiocracy part two. That's what it was, Brent. <laughs> Speaking of idiocracy part two, I don't know if you caught any good films over your Christmas break, but I got a chance to watch the Don't Look Up movie with Jonah Hill, Leonardo DiCaprio a couple nights ago. And it's on my uh, list. I want to I see think it. the Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I like I think the Rotten Tomato like read on it, it's pretty accurate. It's usually not very accurate, but I think it's like around 55, 60%. Like it's a good film. It's what you expect. It's got the kind of humor, Jonah and Leo. It's got that pace, that tempo, whatever. Adam McKay did it, which those of you who don't know, that used to be one of Will Farrell's closest friends, biggest writing partners, et cetera. They actually just split up over the Lakers documentary that's coming out in March. Will was mad at Adam for not allowing him to play Dr. Jerry Buss and giving it to I forget their other friend, the one that plays Dale and Step Brothers. Um, but anyways, Emma K did it, did a great job. Reason I love it is it literally, for those who haven't seen Idiocracy that came out in the mid 2000s, it was done great by Mike movie. Judge, who did Beavis. Luke, yeah, Owen great Wilson? Luke, Luke Wilson. Yep. Luke Wilson, yeah. Uh, Mike Judge, he's got the Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, stuff like that. So that kind of gives you his kind of satire. Idiocracy, the first one, is just like very over the top. Like this one feels more relatable. This feels very up and now. The premise of the movie is kind of like, the division between red and blue 
the division between science and people believing what they want to believe. It, you know, it, it's hard not to look at this movie and just be like, Wrap this is up, the B. level of polarization we're Wrap at up, in this country right now. That's it. Favorite line from Idiocracy. It has Electra license yet. That was one of my <laughs> favorite, because it was just a reoccurring joke. Watch the movie, you'll get it. But that was a reoccurring joke that I love. Um, our final topic, and this this is actually like something that I spent a lot of time thinking about. My parents lied to me. They did. Father, I know you're listening. You lied to me. Everything you told me not to do now is acceptable. Don't take candy from strangers. Stranger danger. Don't go near stranger's car. DoorDash, Grubhub, Caviar, Uber Eats, Lyft, and Uber. So every stranger, because of my phone, I now trust them with my food and my transportation. Nancy Reagan said, just say no. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? Weed is now legal in 18 states. Mm -hmm. Gambling will ruin the integrity of sports. You mentioned, mentioned the integrity of sports earlier. Now 30 states have some form of betting. I can get on a train now, and I can go to New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and bet for my phone. And New York State will probably have it before the end of the month. I say all that to say that things that you may hold near and dear it's like an unwavering ideal will change that's life what you do is you change and adjust to it you have strong moral compasses that guide you through things but don't be so hard and fast to your personal it has to look this way mentality because you're going to miss out on a lot of things and that could be people that could be experiences that could be money but you're going to miss out on it. um so if i can quote the great marshawn lynch it's a vulnerable time for a lot of these young dudes, you feel me? If they was me, or if I had an opportunity to let these little uh, young sahibs know something. So, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all, you know, ready to walk away. You walk away, and you be able to do what you want to do. 2022, everyone, protect your mentals. Turn off TV. Get off social media. Get off the dating apps. Actually try to meet a partner in person. And reconnect with humanity. That's my, my uh, take for what I learned in 2021 and what we're taking into 2022. As always, thank y'all for listening to the show. If you like it, you like it. But if you love it, you share it. Put your people on so they can put their people on. Brandon, what's the last word of the week? I love it.